0: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: From Blint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose,
0: great dribble by Don Vose, and still, Vose, he gets past another, oh, what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season! The the defence there, and that is remarkable. The ball Boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer, 13 for the season, 14! Wrexham lead! Is Wrexham work? It's Wrexham one! Chester It's McDonald for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough. It's Pat coming in. McDonald round the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! Made to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a block! hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay, and I'm joined once again by Nathan Salt.
1: Rich, how are you doing? Sorry, you 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 team me up there. Normally, I let you go on your kind of opening soliloquy, as I like to refer to it. No, yeah, Rich, we're back again. Episode whatever this is now in the late 30s, 38. Um, Big old week, wasn't it? Really decisive week, Rich Uh, Marine. I know you were very kind of upset in our conversations for that first game, but second game absolutely massive. You could just feel the relief when the final whistle blew in that one.
0: Yeah, it was a crucial week. I think that's the word we decided on in the end. Uh, Marine away on Saturday was not a joyous away day. Marine, do we say at home? I don't think we can call Nantwich our home. I don't think we call anywhere in England our home, to be honest. Um, Yeah, we we got back back on track, and you know, after the game on Saturday, I was very I think like lots of Wrexham fans, at the first time we sort of heard booze in the Parkinson era and Paul Mullen was furious at full time on Saturday after some fans chanted, just in general, what a waste of money. It wasn't directed at him, but he responded in style. Two goals for Wrexham, they won 2-0 on Tuesday night. So Rexham are into the FA Cup first round where they will face Harrogate Town away. And yeah, it's just been a really weird one, hasn't it, Nate? Because, you know, we said it ourselves and that, in terms of our own cup pedigree, we're used to being the underdog and we had to deal with the fact that we were the big boys on Saturday. And once I'd sort of, you know, let the disappointment of full time settle in, I, I did sort of settle on it and think, well, the Arsenal fans in 1992 would have been very pissed off of the way their team played. But at the other oh, end of it, you've yeah. got to give some credit. So you've got to give Marine credit. They are well up for it. They really did reduce us sort of down to their level. No offense to them, they 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 made us sort of have to adapt to the situation. The tactics were awful. I you know I said they were um, Jurassic Parkinson sort of style of football. Who Jurassic knows what type of football the T has played, or you know the Stegosaurus? Please let us know. You know who your favorite dinosaur is. That could be that could be a good feature.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's just one of them, which isn't it? Where like you know, naturally th- there was. Great anger and, and great disappointment about a lot of things the way the way the game the away game went. Um, I know it's not a a home and away leg, but but yeah, that kind of the trip to Marine it, it ended with that sort of what seemed a really horrible injury for for Rob Lane tonight. Hopefully he's on the mend and, and simply precautionary that he didn't play the next game. And then you know you also had the injury to Jake Hyde, and I was getting a text from you saying Mullin looked like he was struggling, but as we saw on on Tuesday he was uh, bang at it. You know so. Yeah, it's just frustrating because I think there've been groans about the three-five-two for weeks. I mean, we've said on here multiple times about you know should we change the system? Going back as far as Grimsby, we were suggesting, and we said we Tommy said Kowski Tozer on, as,
0: yeah. as defensive midfielder as well. Do I you mean that's what's almost? Yeah. I'm glad we've made the change which of course we've made on Tuesday we switched this sort of four two three one where Davis and toes are played in midfield at the sort of base of it toes are adapted adapted better and of course your formation changes when you're in and out of possession anyway but that's what's been so annoying really is I know you can almost say like pub in the fan pub in the pub in the fan fan in the pub talk yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, I can't even talk, so maybe who yeah, knows what I'm, what I'm reduced I'm with, to. But the, that's what's you. been so annoying for me, Nate. is the fact that we've had these, what seem like obvious solutions, which we hadn't tried. And then we did do them on Tuesday night, and they worked. And that's yeah, what I mean. Like, I'm, in terms of the approach against Marina Way, Parkey said, well, it was an attacking 3 5 2, and that systems don't matter so much. It's how you play in the system, which, you know, I think is a good point which he made. But it was just so annoying. And Parkinson wasn't doing himself any favours with the style of play
1: no he wasn't doing himself any favours with the interview i don't think either because like fans don't want empty platitudes and empty answers you know there was a reason that that tommy's interview with paul mullin was so well received is because it was just brutal honesty you know he came out and said absolutely we got bullied by a team that and i i tweeted it out that a team that had had one training session one 90 minute training session on on the thursday night we'd had ever since the chesterfield game to to prepare and we just weren't at it at all. Um, You know, we, we were so, so poor. And I actually think that a lot of our disjointed performances had caught up with us and, and we just weren't at it and no excuse for that. And so I was pleased to see changes. You know, I was pleased to see Tyler French come in. I think Dibble deserves immense credit. I think he's played brilliantly in, in both games and, and done the job. And, I, you know, I think we've said it before that he gets a lot of unfair stick whether it's because Rob Linton is is so good or so reliable for us, that you know, le- uh, Dibble would be a fine goalkeeper for for plenty of teams at this level. I, I stand by that. Yeah, Nate, I guess, you know, yeah,
0: I think it's also important to say on Dibble that we know, don't we, that there are key figures at the club who rate him just as highly as Rob oh, Linton massively. And that you know, the club's yeah. point of view, they've got two number one goalkeepers, and Christian Dibble is, you know, he's not as popular with the fans in terms of his playing ability as a personality you know, the fact he survived so long. He's one of the most popular members of the dressing room. He gets on well with fans. And, you know, he does just get it. Obviously, he's got the family links to the club as well. Yeah, I mean, but- I,
1: mean I just don't think, you know, I, I think it's fair to say, I'm not saying I speak on behalf of all fans, definitely not. But I do think that Rob Laneton is, in my opinion, an undisputed number one. I don't think there is a, a, a I don't think there's a massive Gap between them, but I also don't think it's a really kind of flip a coin decision of who I would have in goal when fit. But definitely, from conversations I've had with really people very high up in 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 the structure, you know they they do see it two number ones. They think statistically they match up. You know Dibble is quite good from penalty on penalties, and they believe Lainson also is as we saw against Chesterfield with Shimanga. So you know they they do believe that. Uh, one of the quotes I, I got told was that there's a fag packet between them. So you know make of that what you will.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know uh, Christian Dibble is not happy about his FIFA rating. Apparently, his football manager rating is pretty abysmal as well. But he's answering his critics on the pitch. Really? Yeah. I um I like. Uh, it's, amazing. it's amazing how
1: much footballers care. It's Sorry, it's amazing, Rich. Out how, how much footballers care for these ratings. Well, to be fair, um, you know they're they, they very Dibble, precious, do not they?
0: Yeah, Christian Dibble's made more of an exception because he does play a lot of FIFA, etc. And I know I think he's one of the people who right. got 22 early. plays a lot of Ultimate Team, so to him it probably does matter. And I think Dibble said as well in that interview with Kaos that they've got his foot down wrong on FIFA. They say he's 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 right footed when he's actually oh, left footed, really? or, or vice versa. Sorted out. Yeah. But yeah that like you know, you said, I put that Paul, I bought that
1: ninety nine M- card. That ninety nine Paul Mullin <laughs> card that I uh which, which could out, be on you know, its way. But you mentioned yeah.
0: their Paul Mullins interview after Marie and it reminds me of that that Craig Bellamy interview. Was it after Wales lost to Iceland or someone or Finland? And he said you know and Craig Bellamy came out on Scafter and said it was two rubbish teams. We were absolutely rubbish, but they were even worse. We should never have sort of lost that game and yeah, it like the game against Marine on Saturday was just an awful footballing spectacle. I just, I, I just, it just felt flat from the sort of get go, and I think that mm. is partly because it's difficult to rally yourself up so much when you're the home team, and you know that could work in our advantage against Harrogate because it seems so weird acting like they're the bigger team going into it, but they're flying high in League Two, they're really well drilled, a really sort of good setup there. But, you know, the pressure's going to be on them statistically, sort of, in, in terms of the league. And for them, they have they are the league team and we're not, whether you like it or not. So I think we can play up to it. And then, you know, our fans will be chanting, you know, football league, you're having a laugh or whatever at them. Yeah. I think it's just, I think Marine was just difficult in that sense because they were the underdogs. They were the fairy tale story, weren't they? And, and we had to deal with, with being the big boys.
1: Before before I get on to Jordan Davis's moment of brilliance, and we've had quite a few of those this season, it was interesting. I thought what what Sean Harvey wrote in the program notes for Tuesday night at Nantwich when he said, um, you know, that it's it's already become very apparent. We know this. We spoke about it before that the Wrexham will be viewed as giants or favourites in almost every game they go into. You know, cup side if it, if we progress in the cup, but in the league games they'll be you'd be Pushed for you know to find a game where Wrexham are massive underdogs. I don't think there is one in in the league this season. Truth be told, so you know it's about. It's kind of we've seen this as well in that Chesterfield game, and there was nine thousand plus. What was it? Nine one four seven, something like that. It's about embracing the pressure. Now it's about being able to play up to expectation. Now I know a lot of these players have played uh, at other clubs, you know that have got good followings, but. The pressure at Wrexham is is they others at the club say not, but I either really think it's win or bust. You know, I think we're we're starting to learn now that maybe it's the playoffs are not automatic. Still very early days, of course. We can still go on and do great things, but you know if players don't start to play through this immense pressure, then then we're we're, we're going to come unstuck quite a few times. You know, Marine won't be a one off, and there will be, with all due respect to Marine, better teams that can pick us off because I thought. In the away game what did look better with the flat back four in the midfield I thought Dan Javis particularly looked very good very busy but you know the midfield is, is still something that based on that Maureen and I hope we stick with this new system but if we don't and we go back we're getting picked off and so it's about really rolling up your sleeves now and and digging in It, it what will be a defining period now between now and the end of the year.
0: Yeah exactly I, I agree with you on, on that completely and yeah, it's just we, everyone knows, don't they? The cliche, Wrexham, Full House, Wrexham playing with expectation. We never seem to to deliver the goods whenever we play on TV. You know, we we just don't win matches. So it's going to be interesting, really interesting dynamic, like you said, going forward, and in particular these next three games that we've got in the fact that we play Barnet, then Maidenhead, then Torquay. They're three teams who, you know, if we look at the how the league table That's stands as, as we record yeah. this, Maidenhead. Oh, sorry. First up this weekend is Barnett, who are 17th with only two wins all season. Next Tuesday, it's Maidenhead away, who are 18th with only two wins all season. And then it's Torquay United at home, who are 15th with three wins all season. Bumper crowd expected for that one. Some special guests, hopefully in attendance as well. If yeah. you know, what, what we're hearing is true. So are you excited,
1: Rich? must be excited, very ex- for the, very for the, excited for the special I'd already, guests.
0: Yeah, I'd already booked that week off ages ago because I had to take time off anyway because I've got, yeah. got so much to do. And uh, Yeah, it looks like, I mean, we've seen him today, Ryan Reynolds wearing his Wrexham cap as he's walking the streets. Uh, is it LA who's walking around? The streets
1: I'm, of Manhattan, the streets of New of York Manhattan, my friend, wow. in, a, in a Wrexham cap. That's a very nice cap as well. If you haven't seen it, do do check on social, at Rob Ryan Red the Twitter. Very fetching cap. I mean, slightly different to the one Rob seems to wear with the with the writing that he goes with the Rexham and white writing. This was simply a, a black cap with with the crest it looked very nice but you know
0: it makes me wish i could wear flat caps cool i mean flat caps i'm not yeah i'm not fred dibner but i just mean like you know like a baseball cap i just can't pull off hats i don't know what it is about your head your skull maybe your your hair i have too much hair
1: i have far too much hair for caps unfortunately i kind of if i just have hair protruding out the side of caps i kind of have like a bit of an einstein vibe which is not what, not what we're going for. But you I know mean, what? T- we get, the get the back two on topics we've
0: started so far are: what's your favorite dinosaur, and what makes a good no, cap. No, that's,
1: yeah, that's a horrible image of me, me in a cap. So to get to get us back on track, Rich Tuesday, very positive. Now, what I was going to ask you, and I was going to put it out as well on on the socials, was uh, uh, we saw a few people come in. We saw Sean Brizzy get ninety minutes. We'd both been calling for that before the first Marine game. Dan Jarvis came in. You know, no Devontae Redmond, so Dan Jarvis got a chance. Macalindon again got another chance, I felt. And you know, still no Cam Green. We know that Cam Green's fully fit. He, there's no injury there. We need to end this narrative that, that he's injured. He's simply not being picked, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why he can't get on the bench. Um, no, I don't I, I don't I get, get it that, at all. I you know. I get that Phil Parkinson trusts Jamie Record, that's quite clear. And they spoke I know Steve Parkin spoke very highly of record after he came back from COVID in pre season. Maybe that was a giveaway now with hindsight, but let's focus on the ones who did get a chance. I mean, we we know about French. He came in for Hosanna. We know about Dibble, but Brisley came in, was incredibly vocal, putting a solid display. And Jarvis, do you think they've made strong cases moving forward now to to play a much bigger role than they were?
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think particularly Brisley, because I think, like I said, like I say every week, that we need to change to sort of 4, for, sort of four 2 3 1, whatever we're going to call it. As, as soon as possible, really, and implement that change. And, and by moving Tozer into midfield, you therefore need maybe another centre-back partner for for Hayden. And I did see some some questions about Hayden and people saying that he's a big waste of money. I know, I think Mark Croton, was it who said that, you know, you can't quite see... Or was it Neil Ashton, sorry, I think, uh, tweeted yeah. and said he wasn't quite sure that he was a 200 grand player or, or whatever it was so far. Uh, you know, it's difficult because I think Hayden and Tozer are both very good individually, but they've just not worked together. And neither of them have worked well in the free so far. That doesn't mean either of them is a bad defender or, you mm-hmm. know, not here for the right reasons, etc. So yeah, I'd love just to see, yeah, going forward, maybe Hayden and Brisley, Hayden and, and Lennon, depending on maybe who, who wins that battle between Brisley and Lennon and have Tozer in their field. And I think that that formation change will give Brisley more of an opportunity because otherwise there isn't really a role for you because I think that Parkinson likes having a, a if he's playing a free, I think he wants one of them to be left footed because it opens up yeah. so many passing avenues and it gives you so much more passing range and means you can find your, your wing backs easier, play the diagonals if you need to as well. So I think that's why Lennon's been playing when, when he's been fit and, You know, again, we talk about how club sources and and key figures view players. Lennon's so highly rated. They know that if he can stay fit, he could actually sort of be the leading centre-back at the club. But it is just that injury record that that holds him down.
1: But, you know, so far he's stayed, you know, touch wood for for knock on wood. He stayed injury-free, hasn't he? And he's probably looked our best defender. I think he limped out of, you know, was it Chesterfield or Dagenham? I, like, out of one I feel, of like, I feel like some of it's, I feel like some of it's precautionary though. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you may be sense. He, he's so, he's so kind of tuned in now, dialed into, to his body that I just think he sort of knows and he doesn't, he doesn't he risk it. Whereas I think certain players are probably pushing through it. You know, when Mullen came back after, after those scans he'd had at hospital and whatnot, he missed the South End game, but comes back. And I, I felt like he was probably pushing through it. And now he's fine. Obviously as we see, um, uh, it's interesting about hayden because yeah i mean he, he was superb on tuesday at nantwich i thought he was you know he, he won everything and he was absolutely brilliant um and then answered any kind of critics but i do think those critics had been merited you know plenty of performances of his he'd he'd looked erratic on the ball you know his long diagonal which i'm sure he, he was a, he was told by management to do you know just isn't the way to go um and yeah as you say Brizzy off, offers more of a kind of experienced head and experienced hand at the tiller at the back but it would be a real shame to, to sort of see Lennon cast aside. I'd be interested to see if, I'm kind of torn because I would be interested to see if Hayden has got that spot nailed down but at the same time I don't really want to see chop and change because it, our defences of the past that have done so well for Keats and, and others, it, it's been built on consistency, it's been built on Pearson, Smith, you know, or, you know before that it's kind of Crichton and Night and, Burzivon and, and, and as such and it's those kind of partnerships that take a while to, to form. So we can't be chopping and changing one in, one out if it's if there's no injuries, I don't think.
0: No, exactly. I think that it stems from the back, it stems from that solidity. Obviously having to change goalkeeper, like you said, dibbling at the moment with lengthened injury means that there is that that, that, that new face in the back line already. And, you know, that is a key component. The defenders need to have trust in the keeper and the keeper needs to have trust from his centre-backs, know what he's going to get as well. So I do think that we've just got to settle our defensive duo, really, and just stick with that. Toza as well, I think there's got to be a crucial decision made in the next week of, is he going to be a centre-back mm. or, or a defensive midfielder for us? Yes, he can play both. That's great. But what we need is consistency. You know, we, we've spoke about on the po- podcast before that there is a reason why momentum, consistency, all these buzzwords, which managers love. It's because once you start winning and you've got that system and the team starts to pick itself, you go into games, you find your rhythm quicker, you just have more confidence and you might have more self-belief. And then you've got players who, like we said, we've got lots of creativity in midfield, but if you've got one of those midfielders who's starting every week, they'll be more confident. They'll be trying maybe riskier passes. They'll try, be trying shots from distance or whatever. And mm. just by probability, they'll they'll start to pay off. I think that, you know, we needed to make change against Marine. It's worked well. And now it's just about tempering it properly and making sure that you only just sort of tweak the system or whatever subtly enough for, for Barnet at the weekend, which, you know, like we said, and we said at the start of the season, I think going into that Eastleigh game, didn't we? You've got to respect these teams, but you can't fear them. And we need to be arrogant and we need to embrace that. You know, Sean Harvey said it himself. I mean, I know he's a divisive figure himself at the club, but he said that, you know, we are going to be favourites for these games. We need to go with that sort of arrogance and assertiveness yeah. to say, OK, then we're Wrexham, we've got the money, we've got the better players than you. We're going to win today and well, we just to back have that it arrogance. You
1: know, we need, we need to back it up with performances. You know, it's all well and good going, you know, sort of strolling in like Conor McGregor to the UFC octagon. But at the same time, you've got to... You've got to come out with the KO with the with the finish, and and a lot of the time we haven't. We've we, I think we've strolled up, and I think that probably cost us away at Marine. I think we strolled up with a full strength team and thought we were essentially going to just brush them aside, and we didn't. So I was in a way I was pleased that the f- the full strength team was out and not a heavily rotated side because it meant no excuses. And so I look, I, you know, I throw it forward. What's interesting now, Rich, about the midfield before I move on about about Jarvis is. You know the way it was. The way it was kind of working with with Mullen through the middle, and you had Tozer and um, Tozer and Davis. I don't necessarily think Davis looked as comfortable in that in that deeper role. And then you, know, you had Mackalind on one side, Angus on the other, and then Jarvis was was kind of given more of a free role. And like I say, was busy and impressed. Got a good cheer when he came off. You do wonder where that leaves certain players now. I mean, it it wasn't really. The best moment for James Jones to be taken out after disappointing away at Marine and it clicking. I get that you know there's there's circumstances Marine, but, you know very tired. What was that their 18th game of the season or something so far? You know, yeah, a lot and of, They lot don't of only have in the one tank.
0: training session before they played yeah. us on Saturday, and then they've got an even tighter turnaround than yeah. us because they're not. But it does make you.
1: It, it does make you think though. I mean, you know, uh, kind of. You know, does James Jones just slot into that too? Do you ditch a Jordan Davis? Do you shift a McAlinden inside? You know, Jake Hyde. You'd imagine you'd want back in. So I I do wonder if if we've seen the end of three five two. I, I'm not so sure yet to say we have. To be honest, I think it'll be quite telling in the league game. But I mean, to be honest, if we see the same kind of flat back four at Barnet and at Maidenhead, I think we've seen a a major turning point in the season. And I, and I'd be I'd be the first to. First in line to give credit to Parkinson for adapting, because if that was one of the big things that we heard during all the kind of preseason interviews, was that there was no adaptability to him. You know, he's he's to kind of use Jurassic Parkinson that he he was this dinosaur who was going to stick to his belief. So, you know, power to him if he's realized look this isn't working. It's taken a, a, a near defeat, a, a last minute kind of Mickey Thomas, <laughs> Mickey Thomas effort from from Jordan Davis. to to rescue it and keep the cup alive and on a side note on the cup i do think the cups of massive importance to the owners you know it was said in 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 the takeover that rob was you know looking back through former cup campaigns and i do think as well not just for the documentary i'd hate to say that but i do think it's a it's of great importance not necessarily financially but just the prestige of the fa cup and the ability to have one of these big ties um and and so yeah, no. I just think it's interesting for those that dropped out of the side. Now, where, where do they go with it? You'd hope it's a massive week on the training ground now because Hosanna will want to get back in. Good battle there with French. We've got Resor Johnson to come back. Video of Resor Johnson working out recently. He looked, he looked good. He looked, he looked like he was quite sharp in that in that that video. And you know, other side, Cam Green. I, I hope is knocking on the door. You know, fully fit and. And, you know, all the best to Jamie Record, but you'd hope that's another battle. Centre backs were, were overloaded with options now. You've got Dibble raring to go, Lainson. So we're absolutely rife for competition for places now. Hyde, you expect to come back in. Angus is pushing Macalindon. So it's uh, some big decisions for, for Parkinson to make. Big, big decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so exciting, I guess. You know, it's it does feel like there is that you know, that rebirth again already on the season and that, you know, this could be that turning point that we, we have called for. And yeah, like I said, I want Parkinson to succeed. I really like him as a person. I just feel that the tactics and particularly it sort of got to, it to the end for me at Marine when I traveled there from Manchester, which actually was much harder than I thought it would be. But, you know, I I understand people come from, I understand people come from harder destinations to watch games. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get my violin out for that one. But yeah, I was just frustrated (laughs) with the, the style of play and, yeah, I, The Cam Green situation I don't get because towards the end of last season you know, I had the privilege of going to two of the matches and doing the commentary and he shone in both games. He was so, so good and I was really excited to, to see that, that duel with him in record and it is ironic because I know we've just said that we want to see consistency at the back but sure, I would have liked sure. to have seen Green against Marine just to see where he's up to. Just to see if he is as good as we're saying he is. Was it just a purple patch? I mean, the other thing we've got to take a step back and say is Parkinson watches these players train every day. He knows he's been in the game far yeah. longer than any of us. He's seen it firsthand. He's got the CV, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, and I'm yet, and yet, Parkinson we were... to carry on pruning us wrong.
1: Yeah, and yet there we were though, 94 minutes on the clock at Marine, and we were one 0 down facing a cup exit. So look, yeah, he's got the CV, but he, but he's make he's made mistakes and he's making mistakes. It's about whether he can rectify them fast enough. To, to to keep the, the you know, look at Grimsby now just motoring along. You know, we've we've got to we've got to avoid losing losing any more ground on these teams now. I we've had a very tough fixture list, but Barnet is a big one, Richard. I know we're gonna say that about every game now, but you've got to be winning games like that if we're serious. And if we're serious yeah. about the playoffs. So that's not let not even focus too much on the title or, or whatever the case may be that's obviously still open I know Mullen said why not when he was asked if the title was still on Let, let's not worry about that too much let's just worry about you know are we going to be a top 17 there's no reason why on paper we shouldn't be but you can't afford to just keep drawing and you know on the road we, we need to really start knuckling down now and, and go into that talkie game where kind of if there are special guests there which we think there are that um, they're going to be impressed and they're going to get a team in form because it's 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 now or never going into a period where pitches are going to get pretty crap. You know, teams are going to really sit deep against us, try and counter. We've really got to click into gear now. No more kind of gelling and waiting. It's, it's time.
0: Yeah exactly and the other caveat to that is we were almost a top seven team last season and that was meant to be a season of sort of chaos and disarray so there's got to have been improvement if you've got a a, you know statistically a better manager and you've got a a far better squad in terms of personnel so you know there's no sort of time for excuses I mean every manager has a long-term project I think with Parkinson we've all realised that it is sort of a two-year project regardless I know that that most managers have sort of a three-year vision of where they need to get to, but given the circumstances we're under, it's, it feels more like a two-year two-year but yet, journey. He's got
1: a one-year deal, so you know, I don't, I, I don't think he has come out and said that he views it as a two-year deal. I mean, he can't. I, I'd laugh him out of town if he said that because I get there's no. A there's so contract, much mitigation, but... and from the yeah, club's
0: point of view, I, yeah. it. I mean, I don't want to get too sort of negative here, but you can't give him a two-year deal. Because I don't want to stipulate too much, but he's a you know he's a football league manager. I'm guessing that the payout if something went wrong would be much easier Absolutely, if he's only yeah. contracted to the last to the end of the year rather than for any 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 time longer. So you know from a financial point of view and whatever it makes sense to to do this. And yeah, I think I think that it's viewed as a two year project. This initial sort of burst of cash and burst of new players and stuff because. Just to put a team together and get them to get results is is a big ask, but it it needs to be better. And like you said, next three games we're about to discover how good Wrexham really are because there are no excuses, there's no mitigation. You can be missing two or three key players, but you've got to be taking points from from this lot. And, And, you know, seven points from nine, is that even good enough or does it have to be nine points from nine?
1: I think... I think you've got to look at it as seven from nine, haven't you? I think that would be a healthy. Don't think you would get many complaints. You've got to win the two away games. I mean, you, you've just got to get seven from nine. I think just just to kind of before we tee up the the chat with um, a guy who, who follows Barnet and runs the Bees podcast, um, who who do all things Barnet. Before we get into that that chat that I had uh, earlier on, it, it's a massive game. I mean, you you've really got to to go that to these places and just start grinding out wins. I I don't wanna kind of offer up excuses and just start accepting draws, Rich. We've got to start winning these games. Um, you know, we look at we said we've said it already. We drew, drew at South End and that's suddenly not looking like a very good point. Um It's looking crap. Yeah, you know, there's other ones a win at you know, yeah, and a win at da- a win at home to Dagenham does look good. I get that. And draw against Chesterfield isn't awful, but you know, it's that, that that South End one sticks out. We don't want too many of those, you know. Um, so I I don't think at the, come the end of the season, a draw against Barnet or Maidenhead, you don't know. We're talking Gary Johnson, very tough operator and good side. A, a, a draw against Maidenhead and, and Barnet, with all due respect, is not going to look too favourable come the end of the season, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, without further ado, I will introduce Mem who. Uh, co-host of the the Bees podcast, All Things Barnet. So do go listen to them before the game if you want to get some insight. But this is what he had to tell me about what he's expecting from this weekend's game. As we said then at the top of the show, we've got uh, the, the help of Mem, who's going to give us a bit of a lowdown on Barnet. Mem, thanks for coming on. You. Work on the bees' pods, which I'm sure uh, we, our pod—we found our pod's quite eventful with the up and downs of Wrexham, But Barnet, I assume it's never dull.
2: No, it's never. There's always something to talk about. There's always something to uh, discuss and um, and sort of dig into. And there's usually you know, there's, there's, there's always there's always some sort of entertaining aspect to it. But there's also some frustration and and deja vu. Sort of yeah, aspect to everything that we uh, we discuss on the podcast.
1: No doubt. Well, well, you know, at the beginning of this season, I know a few fans had picked up on the statement, um, you know, about about the kind of struggles that the club are having just to get that first game on. What, what's happened in this season? we know Harry Kewl's gone, but talk us a bit through the ups and downs of the season so far for Barnet. Oh, so I suppose the I suppose the the,
2: the the genesis of 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 this season really started from the COVID season because um, we had a team that got to the playoffs and Darren Curry took us to the playoffs. He couldn't come to an agreement with the chairman about the direction going forward. The chairman was interested in keeping costs to a minimum because of COVID, brought in uh, a guy called Peter Biddle, Biddle, and then we ended up with, uh, I think, three or four managers that season. So what ended up happening at the end of that season is there was a massive clear out, and the club decided to go with a new structure in place, which included a director of football, which was Dean Brennan, and included a head coach, which was Harry Kill. It was a kind of marriage of of kind of being shoved together these two mm-hmm. guys. So both both of these guys had, had applied for the job um, of a coach, and the chairman, in wanting to restructure the club, he was fed up with. A manager coming in, bringing his own back from staff, and then they would get sacked, and they'd, suddenly the whole place would empty because all their staff would go with them. So he decided he wanted to have a, a, rigid, a structure in place where if one person is not performing, they get they get uh, the sacked, and then you know they get replaced. And so he ended up with these two guys who I, I suppose he still couldn't split them, and he ended up signing off for one the direction of football, which is Dean Brennan, and the other one's Harry Kille. However, it it clearly wasn't working and Harry Kuhl, I'll be honest with you, I'm a a qualified coach, by no means a professional coach, Mm. but I remember watching the team line up in the pre-season and looking and thinking how amateurish it looked, the patterns of play and I thought this is coming from a guy who's won the Champions League and this team is set up so poorly Um, and it was just also the profile players that we had that just didn't seem to fit what Harry Ki was doing. And then he just got went through this phase of just constantly chopping and changing the the lineup and changing the formation and so players were just getting confused and in the end it just was it was inevitable that he was gonna go and it, he went really quickly and some people might have thought he didn't have time. But the problem is, is when you have a guy who comes in, okay, and he says say for instance he says, like with came in and he built the squad to play with wing backs. However, he abandoned the wing backs after three games, and then up from that point, he just kept changing formation. So you can't really say, well, the coach hasn't had enough time, because the problem is the coach has already run out of ideas. Yeah. Because the, the system he came into play, or he wanted to play, he's already abandoned it. So it was quite clear that he just was not cut out for, for this. And I just remember seeing a game and um, analysing it with, my, co- with my, my partner on BeastPod, and both of us were because we both get like he's a qualified coach as well mm. but look at, just looking at him we're thinking how do we record this um without being really negative so we ended up doing a very sort of, sort of diplomatic podcast but off air we were like
1: this is really bad he can't yeah. stay um, he can't stay. So, so, you know, he's he's gone now, Kuhl, that's the end of the Harry Kuhl-Barnett era. Uh, I yeah. That inevitably, when any manager goes at Barnet, it seems the joke is that the return of Martin Allen for the 850th or whatever time it is. Um, where are you at now in terms of who, who's in the hot seat and, and how have the performances been since Kuhl's gone? Have you seen any kind of upt- upturn in, in displays, any, any sort of change in the system that's been used or anything like that?
2: Yeah, so Dean Brennan, who's the director of football, has taken responsibility for the team at the moment. Um, I believe that they we are looking for a new coach, um, who will work under Dean Brennan. Um and since he's got actually in the league with four games unbeaten. We lost on we lost on uh, Saturday for the first time in, in uh, since Dean Brennan's taken over. So we've um we've done well. Um, we've won some games. Um and we've got we've got eight points out of four, which you know that's you know two points a, you know averaging two points a game, so that's you know that is promotion sort of form. I wouldn't say we've set the world alight with the performances, but the you know the points haul has been good. Um, I think he's just gone back to basics really, and I think what he's done is he's 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 figured out the, what formation he wants to play, and he's kind of stuck with it, and he's tried to, in his words, um, you know. Square pegs and square holes. Mm. I mean, so, um, I mean, what's yeah. what's the
1: kind of mood? Then looking at, at Wrexham coming down. I know you had not County on the on the first day. And they travelled in good numbers, but you know, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, opinions about Wrexham and the ownership and the money that they've spent and everything like that. But do you feel now you're in a better place than say you were going into that Knots game?
2: Yes, yes. I mean, I was called the the game. Um, I that mean, the weekend was against word We played in the FA Cup, so that, and they're second in the table. So it gave us a good benchmark to see where we're coming. And let's be and, and to be fair, um, well, you know, we more than matched them. I mean, they, they scored a niggly goal, but we, we matched them. So I don't think Wrexham coming is going to scare us too much. I mean, if, if you look at the profile of the players we've got, if we can get them playing. We do have some very talented players in our squad, and it's, it's just a case of just trying to find. Uh, a style of play in a system that works. But I don't think anybody at Barnet is... I mean, we're not expecting to be challenging for the playoffs this season, but I think we'd expect to, you know, at least compete with Wrexham. Um, and, you know, hopefully, Hopefully, squeeze a win out, or you know, at least get a minimum,
1: get a draw. Yeah, that just piles onto our problems. We were, we were only just kind of figured out that we can play another system other than three-five-two, which is music to Wrexham fans' ears. I, I mean, you're talking about the profile of player there. Who are the ones that we should be looking out for? You know, there's much been made about Wrexham. I'm sure Barnet fans will know Paul Mullin and Ben and some of the ones that we've spent money on and, and pay good wages to. Who, who at Barnet are the ones that we should be looking out for this weekend?
2: So you've got uh, Powell, who's played in a uh, League One um, at level, played at Crewe, um, who's a forward. He, he came off injured the weekend, but I think, um, I'm hoping it was precautionary. Um, but he has looked, um, in the last two or three games, I mean, obviously he came off on Saturday. But before that, he, was, he looked like he was starting to get some rhythm. Uh, we've got Hall, who um, has played in the Championship. Um, and he's still quite young. He's had his fair share of injuries, but at the weekend he was, up to a point, he was he was uh, causing all sorts of problems with his trickery. Um, so these two, um, we've got the ones with the pedigree. Be, uh, beyond that, we've got um, we've got Clark, who has been threatening to rip rip this division up, uh, you know, for the last yeah. two years. He's still quite young, and he's got league clubs are after him. And I think, if I'm honest. I think he needs to move from Barnet and, and go to a club where um, he's going to, you know, he's gonna, it's different, a different change of scenery, but I think he's got the potential to play at Championship Division 1 level, and I think he needs a top level coach to get him, you know, get him into shape. But, um, on his day is really, you know, he, uh, a couple of seasons ago, he absolutely tore a Sheffield, a Premiership Sheffield United to defence, to shreds, mm. to shreds him, and he was, he has got so much potential. Um, And and we see it in bursts, but he's inconsistent. But on his day, he he can destroy a team. Um, And who else have we got that I quite like the look of? um, I'd hope Sam Beard's back from injury. Um, He's a really good left-back, attacking left-back. But if he's not back from injury, um, we've got, you know, capable... Uh, Replacement from Widdison, um, so yeah, I would say they're all the ones. So we've got we've got some talented players who can who can cause problems, and we've got Bloomfield up front who's a really good target man, um, and he's he's quite a young guy, and he's um, I think he's dropped down from the league um, to come and play for us. So he's he's a he's a he's a player that he's scored a few goals already this season. So you know we've got we've got some attacking power. We just I think we just have to see. If we, can, if we can put it all together
1: on the day. What, what system have you been looking at? Because I know that you know, it's pain the Wrexham fans that we've seen this consistency with a three-five-two 5 That changed in midweek against Maureen, as we've discussed earlier, earlier in this episode, in terms of playing a four-two-three-one 2 3 one a 4-4-2. What, what will Barnett throw at Wrexham in terms of system-wise that, that we're going to come up against, do you think?
2: So it'll probably be either a um, four-three-three or a four-two-three-one. So it'll be either one or the other. I can can see. I think. I think he. I think he changes it, adapts it. But I mean, essentially, fundamentally, a four-two-three-one and a four-three-three. The only difference is in the midfield, where you where where the triangle rotates. You know, in the centre of midfield, you know, instead of having one in the ten roll, you twist it around and you've got two eights instead.
1: So, um, well, that could be key in midfield battle. That's where we seem to be struggling. That seems we're sort of a bit like a polar, a massive hole in the middle. Um, but we, we, we're not we're, we're not the greatest. Yeah, we're not we, the greatest we, in the mid either. It. So, 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 what do you think then in terms of you know, to, to end on it, what do you think prediction? You seem somewhat optimistic, which if I had to spoken to you early in the season, on the cure, I'm not sure maybe you'd have had such optimism, or maybe you would have. Yeah. Um, no, under cure, no, definitely
2: not, not from what I saw in pre season. Um, I would say that I'm optimistic on the basis that that Rex aren't exactly pulling up trees. True. Um, and but on the flip side, um, despite going I think four league games unbeaten, um, I'm still um, not quite convinced that that we are a team that's gonna can take that to you know five, six, seven, eight games unbeaten. I'm not sure that we we are strong enough to still a lot of work to be done to our side in terms of how how the team's playing, to, you know, combines and stuff. So for me, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a draw is the most likely result in my opinion.
1: A draw. And then any fans that kind of, you know, this has been really useful to, to kind of get an opposition view, but any any fans who want to sort of follow the podcast or follow yourself, where, where can they find you or what kind of handles have you got on, on social media?
2: So if you want to hear Beast pod, it's at Beast pod. And probably after the game, there'll be uh, an episode of, we do an episode, um, a show called High Five, which is where one of our fans will do a five-minute summary of the game. So if people want to listen to that, that'll probably be out. Usually it's out on a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, And then if you want to just follow me for general football chat and Barnet-related chat on music
1: chat, then um, at Memdozer with a Z. Perfect. Well, enjoy the game. Try not to enjoy it too much. Hopefully we we need a big win in the league. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see... many. Well, many of us are coming down, so I'm sure we'll see you down there. Cheers. Cool.
2: All right, thanks a lot. Cheers,
1: mate. Bye-bye. So, yeah, Rich, he seems actually more optimistic than I was expecting. Um, I didn't realise that, you know, he he reckons it will be a draw. He thinks Barnett have really steadied the ship... Um, after the Harry Kew fiasco. And actually that I brought up to him about that um that statement at the beginning of the season where they had no no bar staff and they had no beers and all that kind of just nonsense that was ruining their first game. But he did say they're in a much better spot now than they were when they got hammered on that opening day by not so you know, as we said about the South End game, it's Rex have got to turn up and, and earn the right to win that game.
0: Yeah, you've got to start on the front foot. And like we said, I think the, the interesting thing will be that, that team selection. And when the, the team news drops, I mean, I'm guessing it'll still be similar personnel to Tuesday night. And it only was sort of when kickoff came that we realised it was going to be the 4 3 3 rather than the 3 5 2. I just want to see us go and play a good game. I mean, I'll be making the journey down to, to the Hive. You'll be there as well, Nate, as, as well. That's so, I'll be there.
1: I just don't what do you want think, to... Rich? What, what what do you think in terms of d- does anyone come back in for you from Tuesday night? Because that I, I get Tuesday mitigating circumstances not our ground, but but Marina knackered. That you know they're spent three divisions below, but let's not let's not discredit the win too much. Paul Mowen two brilliant goals. His first one's an absolute arrow, isn't it? As soon as it left its boot, it's going perfectly in the corner of the net. It, you know, does anyone come back in? Did, did you change any of the wing backs? Does Lennon come back in? Do, does James Jones come back in? What do you do? do, do does Hyde come back in if he's fit? I, I don't know all the pieces. I know you're not a manager. I'm not a manager, but but what would you like to see? Do you think? Uh,
0: my my did save, and football manager would tell you otherwise. Actually, I'm quite the <laughs> quite the tactician in terms how, how of. How long have managers. you?
1: What, what do you like for that? What do you like for what, what kind of system do you like for them?
0: I think it's four four sort of. I think it's pretty Mike Bassett. I think it's four four two. Really, when I'm a judge really. Judge Clann Um Yeah. It, I, I mean, this is going down a very different wormhole here. Maybe I'll have to sort of divulge my clan did no town save at another point. But we're in the Europa <laughs> Conference League uh, playoffs wow. against Marseille. Um, it's, it's, wow. yeah. it's difficult, though, because on Football Manager, you can't ever sort of overthrow TNS because of the way the game's programmed because they're professional really? and stuff. But let's really, not talk yeah. about, you know. That that's not, that's not getting anymore. to
1: TNS too much, but, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but back to Barnet. Back, term, to Barnet, back to Barnet. Changes, I, I think, do you want any?
0: Well, I think going forward, we are nearly at the strongest eleven there if you put Hyde and Young in from yeah, the start. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think I'm with you I there think then for that, those two. that you put um, I'd like to see Young in, in one of those deep midfield roles. Probably Long toes, maybe just in front of him. And I'd like to see Hyde up front, obviously. And I think that is at the moment probably the strongest eleven on paper for this weekend. Like you said, it is is sort of evenly poised um, in terms of in terms of what you do because. We've just had, you know, a good result, but it's against lower opposition. We've made a, you know, a few changes and they've worked. And again, does someone coming in against Marine mean that they should start against Barnett? I think that there's probably argument to suggest so, but it all comes down to the formation Parkinson goes for, doesn't it? Because if it's a 3-5-2, I think everyone can sort of presume what the lineup will be based on the personnel. But I think with the 4-3-3, there's a bit more lenience to, you know, obviously there's a centre-back who comes into play alongside Hayden, and then you've got to choose who actually gives you that sort of balance in midfield. I think James Jones probably does come in because I think yeah. that to play the 4-3-3, you need his legs and you need that energy, and we've not seen him in that system. So it's it, you can't sort of rule him out of it and say that, I know he's had a pretty poor season so far. I've not really been mm-hmm. that impressed by him at all. Um, he certainly doesn't look like he, he sort of came from League 1 or whatever. With Lincoln, but like I said at the time, one of my friends who supported Crew wasn't that was just thought he was just like he was just a squad member really, rather than yeah. someone that they were that that bothered about, until so he wasn't too memorable. And yeah, so for me, I, I mean, maybe I'll get a fan up, fan hub up as we sort of go through this because I think that you've got to basically go back to the team that played the first. Like in terms of personnel, the one that started the first Marine game because I think that was the strongest players available, but put them in the uh, new system. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think I think for me, I think I think you do keep Tyler French in. I, I do think there's there's been a drop off. You know, I, I like Hosanna, but I think he's he's still kind of got some some development physically. Just just to just to get used to the league. You know, Barnett are going to be rough, ready, and. I just think French, you know, as we've seen previously, got two assists at South End. I just think he he's you that stability. I think in a in a in a flat back four. It's interesting that Barnett also play a flat back four, so I would be intrigued to see if we match that. Um, yeah, I definitely match you know, it. I mean, I I think Dan Jarvis as well. I think he's one that I wasn't sure he had he had, he had much of a future. I'll be totally honest with you, I, I I saw him in the stands at Stockport, and I I just looked over and thought, no, I I don't. I don't see where he fits in. and Clearly, Redmond had a go. Yeah, Davis has had a go. Played Mac Linden in behind. I just thought that he's so far down the pecking order, but I really think he's enhanced his chance now. Um, with that, yeah, with I that think based on
0: form, you've got to reward him because he yeah, was so he good on Tuesday Barney. night. Yeah, I think,
1: I think I'd play him. I think I would. Okay, I've made my team just okay. now. Okay, I've
0: Dibble not made my goal. team yet. Okay. Dibble, Dibble and goal, right? Dibble and goal, back four of French Hayden, Lennon and record. Yeah. Midfield? I don't, think, I
1: don't think... Sorry to interrupt on your defence. I don't know if Brizley's got two games in the legs yet. Yeah, that's what week. I was thinking. Yeah, I don't. I want to ease him back in, really. Yeah. So then I'd yeah. go
0: Tozer in the sort of defensive midfield role. Jones yeah. and Davis, either side of him.
1: Yeah.
0: Centre attack and midfield, for me, is either between McElhinden or Jarvis. I think right. that McElhinden is a harder worker and more direct, but Jarvis is a better sort of creator of chances and... For me, I'd go Jarvis because I think right. you've got you, to reward him after Tuesday.
1: You're playing a diamond now, we or like a four, four Is that what you're doing? Or yeah, I'm trying to vi- I'm trying to envision it because I, I can't I can't. Well, it's see not it, it's so.
0: it's not yeah it's not really a diamond per se, but I just think in terms of the front three, you yeah. sort of. I mean, one of the wingers drops inside to create when the ball's not on their side. So yeah, I mean, this it's sure. worth a Clan to not... no town. So. Uh... <laughs>
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure pushing Jarvis out wide works like it does with Macklindon. I think Macklindon's more. Used no, exactly. To, which is, you know, is the
0: issue. But I think that you've got to you've only got to get Jarvis in. I think because I think you've got th- to reward him after what he did.
1: I'd be tempted. Like, I I I'm a spitballing, man, but I would be tempted to to push Jordan Davis out towards the left, um, and, and keep Jarvis inside. I think that's a way to do it. You know, I've not been. I've, I've said it on on Twitter. I've not been massively impressed from the games I've seen. Of McElindon. um I, I get that he's quite popular and and he's done a lot, but I still think he, he's he's got gears to go through. So for me, yeah, I'd I think to, to be fair yeah. to
0: Macalindon, I think he's good off the bench because right. I think he does offer something a bit different, which is contradictory to everything I've just said. But yeah, right,
1: <laughs> we love that we love contradictions on this podcast, Rich. Um, yeah, and then what guess, does Hyde come then, back like, in? Like, what do you do then?
0: I think Hyde, you probably because you got you got three games in. In eight days, I think yeah, you, yeah. You, you bring him off the bench if he's if he's fit for a bench role, and then start him against Maidenhead. But yeah, so I, I just want are take risk.
1: You sticking with perfume and steak? Is it? Or, yeah, right, I, would or we... I would do. Yeah. I would do because I
0: think he made an impact in the first game against Marine as well. He had a header that went wide. He was okay he's in the lively, channels as it? well.
1: He, but, he is lively. He's a bit of yeah. a pest. Not quite one... not quite Mullen pest, but he he, no. is, he does put himself about. And I guess the other thing, which is
0: difficult in terms of turning term the team, is where, where is Jordan Davis's future? Because I think he does need to start sort of having a, a more sort of regular role where he plays every yeah. week. I know it's sort this of been is... that central role so far this season, but he can play almost anywhere. And I saw this some hurting, though, it, saying this that he her- should play yeah. up front. And some people saying, no, well, he could me. still be sort of in a defensive role or an attacking midfield role or go out this wide. It seems to be rich, sort of rich. four this positions.
1: Is... This has hurt him for ages, though, hasn't it? Like, how many we could have done this podcast a season ago and, or, you know, well, I think even last longer. season he
0: played in, was it seven or eight positions, didn't he? Yeah. He played it's, in centre back not... in one game, played at both full back roles, I think, in, in games, played defensive mid, played centre mid, played attacking mid, and played up front once. And on the I, I almost
1: call it, I almost call it, de- to, to, I know you cover Man United, I always call it like Daily Blind syndrome. Where well, you sort of you you you're a jack of all trades, master of none, which you know seems a bit unfair actually on Jordan, but he he's got to nail down his position. He he's not he's not that younger player, you know. He needs to really carve out his position now in the side, and and if that's off the left, if it is a front three and it's off the left, brilliant. Freeze at one of those spots inside. If you get a Jarvis Jones, Young, I mean Dave Jones, I'm starting to sort of give up on. On predicting him in up because it's costing me every week, Richard. I'm all, I'm starting to scratch my head what he's offering on the playing side, but that's a debate for another day. He almost seems like he's one
0: of those sort of coach player coach additions, doesn't he? In that in that yeah, sense, that more he's of just a coach. Being, I mean, yeah, but that's more, what got to yeah. say that he he seems to obviously maybe does a lot on on the training ground, does a lot tactically and maybe with set pieces, etc. But yeah, in terms of what he's offering the squad, and again, I know I mentioned the other week that, and you corrected me on it that it was between him or De- Dean Furman but then yeah. I don't get why we just didn't sign someone else who would be an extra body in terms of playing wise. But I guess if Tozer is going to be a defensive midfielder for now, then we, that's we don't have to worry that's, about him.
1: Yeah. Moving forward, if, if that's the decision coming on to Barnett, you know, wrap it up, Rich. But if, if, if Tozer, is, if the decision comes that Tozer is our defensive midfielder, I think that's, I think we'll look back at the end of the season, whatever happens. And that will be a massive moment in the season. Um, you know, to, to really sort of go that he's been so wedded to three He's been so wedded to Aaron Hayden at right centre-back, Tozer at centre-back, and Harry Lennon at left centre-back. He's been so, so wedded to that. Even when it hasn't worked, you know, even in games it hasn't worked, he's just gone, yeah, this is my system. This is what I'm going for. And so if he rips that up, rips that piece of paper up, and says, nope, Ben Tozer wearing the armband will be my central defensive midfielder, and then it's Tozer plus one, and you get the likes of Brisley in, it's it's massive, Rich. I, re- I really don't think it, it can be underestimated what a big decision that would be if, if we stick with that.
0: It just needs to happen, doesn't it?
1: Who knows yeah, what lies yeah. ahead? It, it, is
0: a, it is a bumper week, and I guess we'll probably be back next Wednesday or Thursday, won't we, to digest the, the two games that are in sort of quick succession. But Nathan and I will be there at Barnet this weekend. Let us know if you will be making the trip as well. If not... We will be putting some updates probably from the ground, a bit of media, a bit of bit of colour from uh from oh, North yeah. London.
1: Yeah, but I mean, an easy trip for me. I know it's a bit further for you, Rich, but should be good. It should be. Oh, I was going to say it should be buzzing, but I actually felt disappointed in myself when I said the hive should be buzzing. Um, but the hive should be buzzing. Hopefully, we get a good turnout and say kickstart that bit of momentum. Now it started on Tuesday night. Carry on on Saturday, and we could be in for a bumper end to the year, Rich. Yeah, let's
0: hope Parky is Queen Bee. i I'm not sure if that works, but uh, they'll be something about <laughs> Even honey Even worse as well. than mine. Yeah, show Even me worse the honey. than mine. I don't know. Um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. on Rob Brian Red. Like Naif says every week as well, you can get us on the social medias at Rob Brian Red. We will be back again next week. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. Come on, Wrexham. Please make it two wins from the next two. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen by fans.